as you are willing and able, would you join with me in standing for the reading of God's word? This morning it's Psalm 133. A song of a sense of David. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing life evermore. Here ends the reading of God's word. Please be seated. Good morning to you all. It's a joy to be with you. Um, I've met a few of you. My wife, uh, Kelsey, and I moved to the area in uh, June of this year to start the work, uh, or to, to continue the work of Reformed University Fellowship at, at Millersville, and we've gotten to visit in an evening service here. Uh, but it's a joy to be with you all this morning uh, to, to get to meet more of you and uh, share together this time of worship and sitting under God's word. Um, I just want to say thank you, first of all, to uh, you as a congregation for supporting the work of RUF at Millersville. Uh, it is uh, a joy for me to work on the college campus, and uh, it doesn't happen without your support uh, as, as churches in this area to go and reach the campus with the gospel of Jesus Christ. This semester has been a really encouraging semester as we regrow our group following COVID, and I've been really uh, excited to see the ways that the Lord is working uh, in students' hearts to grow their faith, uh, to uh, encounter unbelievers with the gospel of Jesus Christ for the first time. So, so thank you for joining me in that work on the campus of Millersville. This morning, we are looking at Psalm 133. Uh, I've been looking uh, at this psalm with a variety of churches in the area as I've gone around uh, and introduced myself to them, uh, in part because the psalms are just really great uh, psalms to jump into uh, when you're coming into a visit, a congregation, and you don't have to uh, explain all the background of of the book and the passages that have gone before it. But it is also uh, a psalm on unity, and I think it's really important uh, as uh, we experience the world around us. So uh, before we go into the text, I just want to ask uh, a question of you all uh, that I think is important. And it's, why can't we be friends? If you're familiar with that question, it might be from the 1975 rock uh, classic hit, uh, Why Can't We Be Friends by the band War. Uh, it's, it's had a good amount of staying power for being almost 50 years old now. Uh, but whether you're familiar with that song and its catchy tune or not, that is an important question for all of us in this world. As I come before you uh, and... Uh, share with you God's word, there's a part of me that's, that's asking that question in the back of my mind. Uh, can we be friends? Uh, are they going to think I'm strange, or are they going to listen to what I have to say? Or will something uh, keep that from happening? Or as you all sit together as a congregation, there are a variety of things that potentially separate you 
as a body that, that divide and uh, pre- prevent unity and friendship from happening. As you go out into your neighborhoods and your workplaces and your schools, there are many things that potentially could divide you from those around you. We live in a world of conflict and division. I imagine you've, you've felt some of that this past year and a half or so, that things seem to be ramped up in their division. Uh, from big things like vaccines or how you engage with race uh, or to uh, little things like whether you are going to uh, go to Sheets or Wawa. Uh, that's a new uh, division potential point for me as I come into the PA. I don't know how big of a thing it is, but I've, I've seen a little bit of uh, some competition there. There are all kinds of things that divide us as people, big and small. And so uh, as we come to God's word today, we're going to see a beautiful picture of what actually can unite us. As we look at God's word, there's this, the main point I want uh, you all to take away this morning is that uh, a good life, a life of blessing is found in Jesus Christ's holiness and is then shared with his people. A good life is found in Jesus Christ's holiness and is shared with his people. We've already um, read this, this passage, but since it's so short, I just want to reread it uh, briefly. And I'm going to um, add what, what we didn't have in the text there was uh, a little prescript to the psalm uh, that if you turn to your Bibles uh, is, is going to be in there. It's just a little bit of a um, context setter for this psalm. So just uh, bear with me as I read again God's word. A song of a sense of David. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. This psalm... uh, has a little bit of context for it. So, so the, the prescript I read there, A Song of a Sense of David, uh, helps us to understand the purpose and the uh, context out of which this psalm was written. So A Song of a Sense uh, means that this psalm was used by the people of God as they ascended up into the mountains of Jerusalem as they prepared to go into the temple to worship. As the people of God were preparing to go into the presence of God, it was important for them to be reminded about unity. We all are gathered here as the people of God to worship God, entering into his presence in a special way. And it is good for us to be reminded of the importance of unity. The second uh, little prescript there of David almost certainly means that this psalm was written by the ancient king of Israel, David. 
And we don't know uh, what context exactly this psalm was written in. But uh, if you look at the life of David, you're probably going to notice uh, a lot of conflict. From a young age, David served faithfully the king before him, Saul. But Saul attempted to kill him because he saw him as a threat. When David ascended uh, to the, the being king of Israel, he experienced great conflict. Conflict uh, as he uh, fell into sin, uh, committing adultery with a loyal servant of his, Uriah, and then having him murdered in order to cover up his own sin. Or in his own family, his own sons, uh, Amnon and Absalom, experienced great conflict uh, as Amnon uh, defiled their sister Tamar. Uh, and then Absalom murdered Amnon as revenge. And then uh, at the end of David's life, Absalom revolts against David and ends up dying in this revolt, uh, bringing a, a, a tragic end to uh, a long life for David. I mention all these things, that the conflict and division in David's life, because as we read this psalm, I think it's important to remember that this psalm is born out of a place, out of a world of disunity and conflict. As we come today with our own things that divide us and divide us from the world around us, we need to be reminded of where true unity is found. This psalm uh, seeks to grab our attention right from the start. It says, behold, it cries out to us, pay attention. This is important for life. And what it, what it follows with is, is a really sharp, uh, refined claim about where a good life, a, a truly blessed and pleasant life can be found. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. That if we're going to find a life of blessing and goodness, it's going to require dwelling together in unity. And yet as we uh, hear that, Out of places and lives that are a lot more like David's and the conflict he experienced than, than one of blessing and unity, I think we, we, we ask the question, how? How do we find that unity? How do we find that blessing? And the psalm does not leave us without direction as to where that unity is found and where it points us to first and points us to clearly is that unity and blessing are found in the holiness of Jesus Christ. In verse 2, uh, the first of a series of pictures is given about the nature of unity and where it's found. We're given this picture of oil being poured out on the head of Aaron. 
Now, if you're unfamiliar with who Aaron is, Aaron was the first high priest of Israel. And the high priest of Israel had the job of representing God's people before God. Once a year, uh, the, the people of Israel had an atoning sacrifice made on their behalf by the high priest. Because of their sins, of their breaking of God's law and the way that we were intended to live as the people of God, there needs to be a sacrifice that takes on the weight of our sin and cleanses us and enables us to come in to the presence of our God. This this. Uh, image of oil being poured out. I had a seminary professor who loved to use this psalm uh, in his classes, and and he used this uh, comparison of oil being poured out on the head as that of a a refreshing shower on a hot day. We are uh, thankfully coming to the end of the, the hot season. It lasted a little bit longer, from what I understand, than it normally would in Pennsylvania. But being here in the Pennsylvania summer, it got hot. And if you were outside, say you went for a run, you came back sweaty and, and dirty and smelly. And uh, for me, as I spent some days in the hot summer in Pennsylvania, I came back, I smelled, and as I came back to my wife, she did not want to be around me. Uh, in that smelliness and that dirtiness. I needed to be cleaned before uh, we could live together in unity and harmony. And uh, this picture of oil being poured out is one of cleansing coming, that the representative of God's people is going to go into the presence of God clean. It's a picture not only of of being made clean, but, but of being refreshed of joy, of beauty. For the people of God to come into the presence of God, they needed a representative who was clean. This high priest Aaron was just a shadow of the great high priest who was to come, our Lord Jesus Christ. We are sinners in need of a holy representative, and that representative is Jesus. For those of us who have faith in Christ, who have placed our hope in him, we have cleansing in his blood. We are able to enter into his presence. We're able to live together as his people. We need to be reminded of that. As we we look for unity, as we look for blessing and goodness in this life, we need to be reminded of our great high priest, Jesus Christ, and his cleansing power. But it's more than just cleansing uh, that's pictured here in this psalm. There's also life. That picture uh, in verse 3 of of dew coming to to Hermon, or the dew of Hermon coming to the mountains of Zion is is a picture of life. Hermon uh, is a mountain about 200 miles north of Jerusalem, and it receives a lot of precipitation. In contrast, uh, the mountains of Zion, uh, where Jerusalem is, are, are a dry 
in an arid place. And so this picture of the, the dew of Hermon coming to Jerusalem is a picture of life, of water coming to a dry and dead place. For us, as we look at the world around us in our own lives, the division, the death, it is a dry and weary place. And for, for life to come to it is essential. And that life is the life of unity. That as we are united to our great high priest Jesus, and as we are united to one another, we have life. We have life and life abundant. It's our great joy as the people of God to partake in the life that he has given us in Jesus Christ. But even as we think about that truth, the, the, the blessing and the life that's found in Jesus Christ, I think we need to be reminded that it is a life intended to be shared. The end of verse 3 there says, For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. The there that, this, this, that David is referring to is, I, I think everything that proceeds here, he's saying there uh, is the place of, of brothers dwelling together in unity. That where there is unity, there is blessing in life forevermore. But it's also uh, then explained by the pictures of unity in our great high priest. Jesus Christ. We are united in Christ together as a body. The New Testament makes this clear all over. It speaks of the nature of being one body in Christ. As we have faith in Christ and, and have uh, his cleansing blood making us whole and giving us life and life abundant, we have it together. In one body. And we have it in one place. The spiritual home of God. Zion. Zion uh, here is, is used often throughout the Psalms. To uh, speak to the reality of the people of God dwelling with God. It referred to Jerusalem as a specific place. But, but also to, to encompass the reality of of God coming and dwelling with his people and his people living together as one. And so as we think about unity and about what is truly a life of blessing and goodness, we need to hold, in, hold together the reality that we need faith in Jesus and life in him, and that that life is intended to be shared with one another. We cannot ignore the call in Scripture to be unified as his people. That the life we're given in Jesus is meant to be shared 
that the holiness through which we have life impacts our relationships with one another. As we think about the practical ways to apply the life we have in Jesus, we need to be reminded first that life is found in Jesus Christ alone. There are all kinds of promises of life in the world around us. I don't know what potential uh, sources of life you are turning to other than Jesus Christ, but but the world will proffer all kinds of solutions, all kinds of, of water in the midst of this dry world we live in, this sinful, broken world, and say, this is your source of life. Maybe that's your physical health. Or maybe that's gaining political uh, power and agency. Or maybe that's personal freedom and comfort. Whatever it might be that, that the world is crying out to you that says, come, find life in me. We are called out of those places out of those things that divide and splinter into life in Jesus. If we put those things that the world says will give us life above the life we have in Jesus, we will quickly splinter and divide as the people of God. We are called back into life in Jesus Christ as the source of hope and blessing in a world that is incredibly divided and says all kinds of different things will give you life. Don't believe the lies of the world. Find life in Jesus Christ. The second thing that I think we, we really need to be reminded of in this passage and apply in our lives is to prioritize unity as the people of God. This passage makes clear that blessing and goodness in life comes through Jesus. But but not without unity as brothers and sisters in Christ. If you long to see the blessing and goodness of life worked out in your own lives, move towards brothers and sisters in Christ in grace in the love that Jesus has shown for you. It is really easy to focus only on our own faith, only on our own lives, or maybe the lives of those closest to us, when the call of Scripture is to extend the love of Christ towards our brothers and sisters, that we are to live together as the people of God in unity. Prioritize moving towards your brothers and sisters with the kind of love and grace that you have been shown in Jesus Christ. Lastly, this grace that we have been shown in Jesus Christ is intended to go out to the world around us. This picture of In particular, uh, water uh, flowing down uh, on 
the mountains of Zion, is a picture of, of life in the midst of, of a dry place. We live in a dry place with all kinds of, of people who are trying to, to dig wells in the middle of a desert that are never going to give life that sustains. As we come together as the people of God, dependent on the grace of Jesus Christ, dependent upon life in him, and share that together, it is a picture of life in the midst of a desert. Be about picturing the unity and life of Jesus Christ to the world around you. We are privileged to have this life. And the world around you is in need of it. Strive to remember our life in Christ. To, to share that as brothers and sisters. And to, to picture that. To share it with the world around you. As you go out into uh, your various places as you share a life as a congregation. I want to go back to that question of why can't we be friends? As you engage with these people, it's easy to, to ask that question and to feel like there's no way we can actually live in unity. But by the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ, by his holiness that makes us holy, we can have unity. We can be friends. Let's turn to our Father in prayer, uh, seeking that life-giving hope.